No. What's your least favorite scary movie? This is all really, really interesting, John, but right now I'd really like for you to talk to me. <laughs> Welcome to Watch Your Least Favorite Scary Movie, the podcast where we talk about the good, the bad, the ugly, and the absurd in all of our favorite and least favorite scary movies. Because we believe every horror movie rightfully has its fan base. Even if we don't always get it. My name is Travis. My name is Jesse. And today we have an extra special guest. We have Steve yeah. from The Decision Real. Welcome back, Steve. What's up, guys? Thanks for having me on the uh, the podcast again. Always Thanks good to have you. Thanks for joining us. Yeah. Sure. This has been, what, like the 17th time I've been on it? Approximately. You are the most frequent guest, that is for sure. <laughs> good. Yeah, and we're bringing you on for like the second entry the of second our franchise because you were on Scream 2 last time, so oh now you're on Saw okay. 2. I guess this is the thing. Just next time you do a sequel, just give me a call. I'll be the sequel guy. Sequel Shit. Steve. Oh. I like it. So with that being said, I have no announcements. Travis, do you have poll results for us? I got poll results. So we talked about It 1990 last yeah. week. And we asked everybody, which Nightmare Pennywise form are you? So the options are the Teenage Werewolf, Jillian's Island Spider, because I spelled Gilligan wrong. How absolutely <laughs> dare you? Uh, old Lady Sippin' Blood Tea and Binstead. So on Twitter, 20% are the Werewolf, 40% are Jillian's Spider, 20% are Old Lady Sipping Blood Tea, 20% are Binstead. And on Instagram, 36 Teenage Werewolf, 43% Old Lady Sipping Blood Tea, 21% Ben's Dead. It's supposed to be slurping. Slurping. So well, okay. you just, you I done my character. goofed on I hit, the whole. I hit my character limit. You if you could address. type sipping, you could type slurping. Mm, Same number of letters. Okay, yeah, you're right. Slurping. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay, yeah. Well, okay, so out of all of those, I think I'd uh, I'd be Ben's Dead. You'd be Ben's dad. Yeah, just standing out in like the field holding balloons and slowly turning into a clown. Um, I'm definitely Mrs. Marsh just gobbling down that tea while maintaining eye contact. And like becoming a deceased looking woman the entire time. Well, I'm already there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Steve, you don't have to answer, but if you're familiar with the 1998, do you remember those transformations? Man, it's been a long time since I've decided to sit down for four hours and watch the original it hey uh, three hours and 12 minutes okay sorry i exaggerated three hours and 12 <laughs> the only thing i really remember obviously is is tim curry just killing it and then a couple scenes where people are overacting so bad that it's so good so what was the choices again i'll just pick one i don't fucking care teenage werewolf the giant spider the old lady sipping the blood tea Slurping. or Ben's dad. Slurping. Okay, Ben's dad, you know, like when he's out there in the field and he's like slowly turning into a clown while holding balloons. I do remember that. Hmm. But I'm going to have to go with turning into a teenage werewolf because my guy, Michael J. Fox, was a teenage mm. werewolf. So I'm that's just going to go with that. All right, cool. Cool deal. All right, that's our pulse. Okay. All right, so let's talk about Saw 2. Let us talk about Saw 2. Alrighty. Okay. So Saw 2 was released October 28th, 2005, because if it's Halloween, it's Saw. We watched it on our DVD, but it's also currently available to stream just about anywhere. It's on Peacock, Stars Prime, YouTube Premium, YouTube TV Primetime, Hulu Premium, or Sling TV Premium. You could also rent it from Google Play, Redbox, or Voodoo. And I believe that Walmart and Target have their Halloween collections out now, so you could also just go get a box set of all of the current Saw movies. 
super relatively cheap. cheap. Super cheap. Yeah, you can get the Blu-rays online pretty cheap too. I want to I say something before we get too deep into this, if you don't mind. I'm going to cut you off. Why is it that the Saw movies are released during Halloween or before Halloween, but every other horror movie is like in February or March? Like every Evil Dead has come out in April. Like, I don't understand. I think because Saw actually had like a really big, uh, like big box office numbers that they felt confident putting it there. Meanwhile, those other ones are kind of like in the front loaded seasons or like months because that's where it won't maybe have as much competition with other I mean, you're bringing, logic, you're bringing logic here and I like it, but at the same time. <laughs> but I'd also argue that we had a lot of horror releases last October. I mean, I feel like we get a lot of horror releases in October, but they're just generally the bigger names associated with them. You're right. They're like uh, Screams, always in the winter, usually yeah. like here lately, January and February. Uh, even Halloween, some of those are coming out not exactly around Halloween time. Like we've had in many the of those. movie was called Halloween. Like yeah. Jesus. And they're coming out in like May or April or something like that. Yeah, it, it doesn't make any sense. I'm not bothered by it. I'd rather have horror movies all year round. I mean, yeah, yeah. I, okay, yeah. I'm, I'm, I like that too. But I just think in my brain, horror movie Halloween time, at least around there, September, you know, October time frame. I will tell you though, there is a Saw movie that came out in May, and that is Spiral. Oh yeah. Written by Lee Wanell and Darren Lynn Bozeman, directed by Darren Lynn Bozeman, music by Charlie Klauser, and the special effects makeup artist on IMDb is credited as Neil Marill, with the prosthetics coordinator credited as Francois Dejeuner. Starring Donnie Wahlberg as Detective Eric Matthews, Tobin Bell as Jigsaw slash John Kramer, Shawnee Smith as Amanda, Eric Nudson as Daniel Matthews, Frankie G as Xavier, Beverly Mitchell as Laura, Glenn Plummer as Jonas, Emmanuel Vaigier as Addison, Timothy Bird as Obby, Dina Meyer as Detective Carrie, and Lyric Bent as Detective Rig. All right, time for our favorite game Budget, budget or, or Butted. All right, so Steve, we'll let you guess first. Is it budget, so 10 million and above, or Butted, 10 million and. Or, yeah, this is a hard one for me, right? Because the first one obviously was a very short, like small budget and then it mm -hmm. blew up and became what it did. Mm -hmm. So if this is the direct sequel, which was how many? Like the following year? year? Mm -hmm. Following yeah. year. Uh, I feel like they would have went, all right, let's put a little bit more behind it. Let's make it a bigger movie, which they did. They put a lot more people in it and um, more, how would I say, set dressing. Uh, I'm going to say it's more than 10. It's got to be. Okay. You know what? I think I was... No, I was shocked at how cheap it was last time. Or maybe I was more shocked at how expensive it was. I think I'm going to go with him. I think I'm going to go budget. Okay. Well, it is more of a budget than part one was, but it still falls under our Bugted category. It, it has $4 million. $4 million? Oh, what? Damn. What? It's a lot more expensive than the first one was. You think like they considered Mark Wahlberg, but they're like, no, nah, too expensive. Let's get Donnie. Let's no, keep it they five. probably considered Mark Wahlberg and said, oh, he might actually beat up Tobin Bell. <laughs> yeah, it could be it. Yeah. Yeah. And also, I mean, Mark Wahlberg would have said $4 million just for me. No, no, that's the budget. Uh oh. <laughs> yeah. Bye. Here's my brother. Hey, what's up, man? 
All right, opening box office of $31.7 million and a worldwide gross of $147 million, currently dang. standing at 6.6 6 out of 10 on IMDb. Solid all around. That's crazy. So I picked three movies from 2005 that all have the distinction of being considered fairly graphic okay. from you know most, most audience and critic standpoints. Would we say that the trend for torture porn had already started at this point? Uh, this was about... Where it was. Okay. You know, Saw and Hostel were the ones that kind of kicked that off. And actually, the first one on my list is Hostel. Ah, okay. Which premiered at the Toronto International Film Festival on September 17th, 2005. It had a budget of $4.8 million and a worldwide gross of $81.9 million, And currently sits with a 5.9 out of 10 on IMDb. So, almost the same budget, too. Almost the same budget. Impressive. Less of a gross and less of a fan score. I know people Ooh. shit on those all the time, but I love those movies. Those yeah, I don't have a. I, I honestly prefer Hostel to Saw. Kind of like I, as much as I do like the Saw franchise, it is played out and it's the same movie every time with a different twist because they have to. But the, mm -hmm. you know, there's only what three Hostel? What, did they make? No, they didn't. There's, there's only three. three. Movies. The second one wasn't that bad either. Second, one's second good. one, I I think is arguably better than the first. Yeah, yeah. Okay. You know what? I agree. There's more. There's more story there. There's more stuff that happens, and it's obviously better with a bigger budget. But if you're comparing the first Saw to the first Hostel, movie-wise, Saw's better. But I yeah. enjoy watching Hostel more, like replayability kind of thing. Like if you put both of them in front of me, I'll be like, Ah, I want to watch Hostel. I, the problem for me with Hostel is the first 45 minutes is basically softcore porn. Sometimes hardcore. Um, like, so I could do without the first half of the movie. And if I feel like I can just ignore half of a movie, I don't know how much I really. I'm trying care to remember. I, I don't remember there being that much graphic nudity in there. I know there's like some. Steve, titties galore. It's front loaded with some boobies. Some Look here, I'm many not, boobies. I can't, I can't complain about that, right? If <laughs> now, if it's, if it's gratuitous to the plot or if it's just there, there's a difference, right? Uh, I feel like that movie, it's its to the plot because you're going into Europe and they're trying to convince these guys, like, hey, come party with us. You know, trying whatever. to fuck everybody. Right, that's what I'm saying. So it does make a little sense. Is it, again, I haven't seen Hostel in a, in a minute. No, that's so before they hook up with the Hostel girls, though. No, the whole thing is like they're driven by sex. So once right, this right. guy like orders the them with sex, it's like, okay, here we go. Yeah, but I feel like you can make that point without as much as they did. Probably, but I just don't think it was told in the most like engaging storytelling method. Eli Roth gonna titty. <laughs> All right, second movie, uh -huh. Devil's Rejects. Ooh, okay, yep, that one is pretty brutal at times. Yes, that's true. That one also has a lot of gratuitous nudity. Yes, uh, released <laughs> July twenty second, two thousand five. Budget of seven million. Whoa. And a worldwide gross of twenty point nine million. God damn! Currently sitting on IMDb with a six point seven out of ten. They really trusted him after House of a Thousand Corpses. They're like, "You've made one movie. You've got this." <laughs> yeah, they're like, "One condition, please, give Bill Mosley a slightly better wig." Yeah. <laughs> Can we please just ignore Otis being mostly bald at the top of his head? It's like, Mostly. all right, but <laughs> I gotta have my wife. Okay. <laughs> You know, I, I'm fine with it. I'm fine with Shane yeah. Moon being in everything he does. I'm okay with it. Okay. Third movie, Wolf Creek. Ooh. 
Oh, what? I haven't thought of that movie in forever. That's the Australian one, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. yeah. That released uh, Christmas Day, 2005. <sighs> Merry Christmas. <laughs> yeah. A budget of $1 million and a worldwide gross of $30.8 I love that movie. John Jarrett, man, what a creep. He's creepy. Yeah. He does a really good job in the second one and does a really good job in the series. Yeah. Have you seen the uh, the second one, Steve? Oh, I'm trying to remember. I know, I know I, I've seen the first one. The second one, I know what the cover looks like, but I don't know if I've ever seen it. It's a pretty solid sequel, honestly, especially with it being so far after the first one released. The second one said, oh, y'all wanted violence? Yeah. <laughs> uh, that currently has a 6.2 out of 10 on IMDb. Nice. All right. I've got taglines. Yay. You were very excited to share these after yesterday. You were well, like one in particular that had me like actually snort out loud. <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> okay. The one on the poster, the one most everybody knows is, oh, yes, there will be blood. Ah, yeah. He says that, too. Second one. We dare you again. That, that, that. We dare you. We dare you to saw again. No, we just dare you again. We dare you. Okay. Yep. New game, different pieces. Okay. I think that's a solid okay. one. Well, I, that I was like that. Yeah. Uh, das Spiel geht weiter. That's the German tagline. Uh, it it means the game continues. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> and my favorite tagline, just when you thought it was safe to go back in the torture dungeon. What? <laughs> <laughs> it's a play on the Jaws 2 tagline. And it's such a stupid. Um, what's the Jaws Two tagline? Just when you thought it was safe to go back in the water. Oh <laughs> wow! Okay. I love it. That's the kind of dumb tagline we would come up with. Yeah. I love it. <laughs> That's pretty good. <laughs> okay, I got a lot of facts. Okay. First of all, because we watched this on our own DVD, there is an in memoriam Greg Hoffman on the DVD menu. Mm. Greg Hoffman, one of the producers, one of the original founders of Twisted Pictures, uh, sadly passed away unexpectedly December 4th, 2005. Uh, Juanel and Juan were busy with their next project. So after Saw 2 was greenlit, they were unavailable to direct. Uh, They were actually working on Dead Silence. Ah. Oh, dude, I love Dead Silence. <laughs> At the same time, Darren Lynn Busman was trying to get his script sold uh, for something called The Desperate. He was having trouble getting it sold because a lot of companies were saying that it was too similar to Saw, which was kind of bumming him out. Finally, a German studio decided to pick up on it. They were in the search for a cinematographer when Greg Hoffman stumbled upon the script and wanted to use it as a jumping point for Saw 2. I like that he's also like, damn, this looks like a Saw movie. <laughs> so they actually pulled Darren Lynn Bozeman in to direct it, and Wanell was available for script rewrites okay. to kind of merge it into a Saw movie. Wow, so this didn't start with Wanell. This is like yeah. built off of a whole other movie entirely. Yeah, which huh. is why a lot of people like Bozeman as like, part of the core of the Saw franchise. Interesting. Yeah. Can't beat him, join him. Uh, most of the cast and crew only received 88 pages of the script because they didn't want the twist to get out. Only key members received the ending. Anytime there were rewrites, the original copies were all shredded and all of the cast members had to sign a confidentiality agreement. Supposedly, there were four to five alternate endings shot 
I don't remember if we had any on our DVD or not. We didn't get a chance to go through all of the special features just because it's been a busy weekend. <laughs> yeah. I have a feeling Kevin Williamson must have been a consultant. <laughs> He's like, guys, guys, yeah. trust me. Your twist gets out. Everything's yeah. ruined. Yeah. Suddenly you've set the boyfriend up as a terrible person and he just gets killed for no reason. Yeah. They're not going <laughs> to expect the boyfriend again. And then they find out. And it's like, ah, oh, shit. Okay. Darren Lynn Bozeman. I don't know why I keep saying his full name. Uh, he was very open to the cast members like ad-libbing and changing the dialogue as they saw fit for their characters, which ended up being a good call because a lot of the dialogue between Donnie Wahlberg and Tobin Bell, they adjusted it to make their relationship seem a little bit more dynamic because before it was just very aggressive and hostile to one another. Okay. So we get a little bit more of that that play and the different levels of interaction between them because they were able to tweak it. He said overall about 5% of the dialogue ended up being ad-libbed by the actors. Wow. They also decided that they were going to do the on-screen deaths, like allow them to unfold as they happened instead of seeing everything happen in flashbacks, like what happened in the first movie. And that was based off of a lot of feed, uh, fan feedback they got. And this is from an interview with uh, Bozeman and Fangoria. That's one of my favorite changes in this movie. Bozeman actually has a cameo. He is the hooded figure at the beginning of the movie inserting the key behind Michael's eye. Mm. And a lot of fans thought that it was Lawrence Gordon. And he was like, I never intended for that to be it. But uh, as we know, based off of Saw 3D or Saw 7, uh, whichever way you want to refer to it, that ends up being the case. (laughs) (laughs) Funny. Spoilers. (laughs) <laughs> oh no this this uh this whole franchise is gonna be spoilerific for us except for whenever the new one comes yeah, out we blew it wide open in the episode one yeah episode this. one we <laughs> we were already referencing like up through saw six i think yeah so nice. and then my final fun fact i actually really like i think it's cute uh eric nudson this was his first major feature film role um, and he said that Saw and Scream are his favorite franchises. Aww. And as you all know, as you may remember, he's uh, Robbie Mercer in Scream 4. Hot pass with Robbie Mercer. Oh, yeah. yeah, so uh, good for him. Good for Eric Knudsen. Wait, is, are they his favorites because he's in them or were they his favorites and then he became like an actor in them? I don't know. I think he's playing favorites. No, like, he, yeah. no, it was written, this one already, like uh, Saul was listed as one of his favorites because he auditioned extra hard for the role. Like he really wanted to be in it. Okay, okay. So, and all the first three screen movies would have already been out by the time he auditioned for this too. So probably should have warned him that. Yeah, you're also gonna have to act with uh, Donnie Wahlberg. <laughs> <laughs> He's gonna, gonna be, get really you're loud in your face. You're gonna be a little Wahlberg. Hope that's cool. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so those are my fun facts, and I guess we're ready to go into how we feel about this movie. So we'll start off with the good. Steve, what are the things you like about this movie? Uh, I mean, off the bat, I mean the movie. Is is a very brisk runtime. I really like how it's like mm-hmm. it doesn't it doesn't go. All right, well we got to set the stakes and we got to talk about this for a bit. No, it's like fuck this. We're right in the first like opening scene. Obviously, is the dude is just like, hey, you you want to get this key to fucking unlock this mask? It's gonna destroy you the front and back of your head. It's behind your eyeball. <sighs> awesome. And of course, we know he can't fucking do it. And obviously, he did. And then uh, I do like how. When Donnie Wahlberg gets in there and then there's the jigsaw piece and he's just like not believing it and like, okay, who fucking did this? Like, number one, what cop in what precinct would carve that into somebody 
to make a joke on another fucking cop. <laughs> right? Like, is that a little, a little, hmm. Also, uh, no, okay, we'll get into that later. Anyways, so good thing. Brisk pace, really liked it. I liked some of the kills uh, definitely being different or new, and I think this kind of sets up for what's to come from the series because obviously in the first movie you only have so much there. Uh, I like the fact that uh, Obi or Abi, whatever you want to say, he's part of the game even though he helped set up the game, which, again, foreshadowing to other movies in the series. Mm -hmm. uh, so, like, no one's safe. It doesn't matter who's who. Uh, I, The biggest thing I like about this movie in which they kind of just said, nah, was at the end, who is Jigsaw, right? You're, they're setting it up for Amanda, right? Yeah. Yeah. I want to always say her real name for some reason. Anyways, they're setting it up for Amanda to Shawnee take over. Smith is a treasure. Right. That's why uh, you want to say her real name. <laughs> you're right. You're absolutely right. Uh, but knowing that she's watching this movie back and knowing that she's in on it the whole time, it changes the way the movie kind of works. Like she is protecting the kid even before she's, you know, the, the picture is shown that that's his dad. She's also pushing them to go in different places or do different things or looking in certain areas to make sure people see things. Like in the background, there's a couple things she does where you're like, all right, it all makes sense. She's the one that is making sure this game happens because it has to work in a specific way. Like there's certain things that need to happen for them to go through and do things. Like number one, getting out of the first room. I mean, you know, how you, beyond the timer that's there to open it, they still need to find things and work together. Mm -hmm. The only thing that didn't make sense to me was you would find something over the rainbow. What did that come to? I, I don't know if so, I ever... All of the numbers on the back of their head were in different colors, so you would mm -hmm. have had to do it. Roy G. Biv. Oh. Oh, my wow. God. I didn't never even thought think of that. Because you're right. I kept thinking, looking at it like, <laughs> oh, they're all in different colors. And I, obviously, I was like the African-American gentleman. It's white. Jonas. Yes, thank you. Um, it's white because you would have to be able to see what's on the back of his neck. Uh, but beyond that, I never really put it together. Good. I'm... I'm dumb. Did, did you put that together yourself? Yeah. What the fuck, dude? I'm a smart cookie. I don't know what to tell you. Damn. You didn't marry me just for my looks. God, I am so stupid. These <laughs> movies like go all over my head. <laughs> also, if there's ever a, a situation where there's a serial killer on the loose and we need to find something out, I'm calling you. <laughs> or blaming you. Oh, no. Oh, yeah. mm, you're the one that thinks of these traps. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Travis. I think that they uh, they found a good way to give us Jigsaw exposition in this movie. I like the whole thing of him being a part of um, like a separate game with uh, Matthews. And his whole thing is having that like sit there and talk to him. And then that is how we get to explore Jigsaw because he's really just telling him his whole deal. And like you could maybe see it as like being forced, but like that is his game. It ties into the movie. Well, and what I think is great about that is that that's actually Amanda's game. Amanda came up with that because she knows that Matthews has an anger problem mm -hmm. I and mean, he will do whatever he can to frame some. Because the whole thing is this isn't actually Jigsaw's game. This is Amanda's game. Yeah. She set all of this up, but she knew that Matthews wouldn't be able to resist the bait and want to like beat the shit out of this person <laughs> that he just went like easy target we're gonna frame you we're gonna pin this all on you who gives a shit about the evidence like 
It could it's be such that. a good. It's such a good setup. Or it could be. I've been working with this man for years now. Um, you're like it's a test for anybody to sit with him for two hours <laughs> while he just like, like tells you about his shit. There was one point where they cut back to him talking, and he was saying something that had nothing to do with anything. And I'm like, what? Is, I would be fucking mad too. Like, yo, yeah. get to the fucking point, bro. But again, that's the whole point. Yeah. He. I mean, also, Tobin Bell looks really old for his age. I think here he's in his fifties, but um, like he kind of looks like the type of dude is like the old senile person that just kind of like rambles about random shit that you don't care about. Oh, you know he was a pretentious asshole in his twenties too, though. Yeah, probably, but like he's that guy that like you accidentally run into like at a cocktail party or something, and you're like, please get me away from conversation with this guy. Mm, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you want to be nice, and you just stay there and listen to him for three hours. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, and you don't even get your son out of the exchange. Like you're just right. you, you just wasted three hours talking to this guy can for no you, reason. Can you imagine though if he actually <laughs> won that and like all of a sudden the safe opens and it's like. His son's there. That would be so fucking awkward. Be like, <laughs> oh yeah. By the way, I've had your son here this whole time. <laughs> that you know what? Now that you you said that, like, okay, so what happens then? He gets okay, arrested, I guess. Right, yeah, I guess. I guess yeah, your son's safe this whole time. What do you mean? He's in a safe? Oh, fuck. Yeah. <laughs> they are so on the nose with like the hints that they give, like that. He's in a safe place. Um, the numbers are in the back of your mind. And it's like he's like well, very no, much telling you. Mine though was on the back of their neck, so that's that's not right. Yeah, come on, Amanda. Should have been on the back of their heads, Great not stem. neck. Yeah, more good. I think that they have a lot more fun with the traps in this movie, and it's kind of like you were, we get to see it happen in real time rather than flashbacks. I like to see the characters that we're following go through this rather than people that we don't follow, like in the first movie. Yeah, um, I feel like it just gives it a little bit more impact. And I think that they did a very good follow-up twist because the original movie had one of the best twists. And how you follow that up, it's tough. It's a tough task. But I think that they actually did a pretty good job with it. Yeah, I'm going to build up on both of your all's points for the good. I think that this uh, this being a second setup and it being Amanda's game, I like that we've got both Abby and Amanda are involved in it so mm. Abby was the one that went and kidnapped people and oh boom he's he's in the game too and then Amanda's a part of the game just the same way that John was in the first one a little bit more involved a little yeah. bit yeah definitely a lot more involved but you know we can't have a seemingly dead body in every game you know what I mean? Right, I bet right. she wasn't expecting to get tossed into that syringe pit. <laughs> yeah, no, that was like actual terror. Like, oh, like, oh my she God. Maybe should have like vetted the people a bit more. Like, okay, like, let's try and control this game. Also, I'm going to get one of the most erratic people available in this game, too. And then what was your last point about the good? Um, the twist. Good follow up twist. No, the one before that. Oh, the. Um... The fun with the traps, how we're able to like follow them. Oh, yeah. Okay. So how we're like actually watching everything unfold in real time, it it does help with the pacing a little bit because the first one's a little bit more of like a not a lot of people have heard of Jigsaw at this point, Mm -hmm. whereas in this one, a few more people are more aware of it. So instead of having to do this like detective, we're going to flash back to our past, figure out why we're here. We have people who are like, okay, we're aware of what Jigsaw is, and we're just going to go through the trap. So I think that that makes sense from like a narrative standpoint, how they decide to yeah. progress with it. All right, bad. Steve, what do you not like about this? 
the world. So off the bat, the thing that I hate the most is knowing what comes after this, and they don't go with Amanda being Jigsaw. That yeah. to me is the biggest like travesty of coming out of this movie. And dude, I I completely forgotten about it. And I I think that's the the point. You watch this movie and you go, well, what the fuck? Like, I want that. You know, like you watch the third movie and yeah, she's there, but she's not the next Jigsaw, and she she's getting her own tests. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Again, like, what the fuck? I thought she was the next Jigsaw, and you you fade away on 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 Jigsaw, Jim Cramer, whatever. Jim Cramer? No, Jim Cramer. <laughs> Jim Carrey. <laughs> Jim, Jim Cramer is actually a, a monster truck driver, Bigfoot. Anyways, yeah. Um, <laughs> they they show that like the the whole end of the movie is them pulling back from him in the the van or car, whatever it is, like dying. You know what I mean? Like he's bleeding out. Like he's fucked up. Mm-hmm. To me, I'm that's sorry. them showing he's done. I think you should leave a Tim Robinson ruined that shot for me because all I can think of is the does paper make you sit skit where yeah. he dies in the car at the <laughs> yeah. end and it's like a similar pullback shot. Yeah. <laughs> but also again, like why do that if you're just gonna go to the next movie and be like, meh, nah, she's not it. You know what I mean? Now I understand why they did it, but I don't I wanna see them go with what they're doing. The other Honestly, thing that I think Okay, go for it. No, sorry. I've just to respond to that. They they that's one of the things about the series. They have a terrible follow through with things that are like set up. Like he dies in the fourth or no, the next one. Yeah. And then like they bring him back in every single other movie. Well, <laughs> also in the fourth. Yeah. <laughs> right. And then if you look at the new one that's coming out. Again. He's still there. Yeah. Well, that one is meant I... to be set between two and three though. Or yeah. is it between one and two? One and two. Yeah. Sorry, go ahead. Whatever. Well, I guess we're going to find out when we watch it. Um, the other thing I really didn't like is we missed two traps. You know, like you have the uh, Seventh Heaven. Uh, she just dies oh, right yeah. in the hallway. Mm-hmm. We don't see her her trap. And then we don't see, like, well, so Amanda doesn't have a trap then. I think that, that the trap yeah. Addison dies in is the one that's meant for Amanda because she was yeah, okay. because of the cutting. Oh, the yep. cutting. You're right. Yeah, yeah. So I have a feeling that that was her intended trap. We don't see hers, whatever. We don't see the kids, if there was one for the kid. Um, We don't see one for Jonas either. Right, right. So that's my thing, is like your problem, I I wanted to see more. And maybe they did have it, but they ended up cutting them or something. And there's a lot of walking through hallways in this movie. Like, how big is that fucking house? (laughs) And how many different hallways and different doors? They're walking by doors going, oh, we can't get in this or we can't, there's nothing else. And oh, we found a door here. I'm watching you not try to get in uh, all these doors. You know, okay, they could be locked, but guess what? That dude has a baseball bat with spikes on it or nails. He can get through those doors. Yeah, I like how he even makes a point. He's like, this is a fucking house. It's not a fortress. Like, I can bust my way through everything, and then he proceeds to not. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> the, o- the only other thing was the Abby scene where he's in the furnace, and it shows the devil pointing to the thing to say, turn it. Was that not to say, turn it off? Or, yeah. Or, yo, turn it up? To come, you know, to see the devil. I thought it's it's the opposite. What I just said. If he were to grab that and turn it off, it would turn off the flames because he is the devil. I have a suspicion that he has a phobia of fire because, like, as soon as the fire comes out, like he curls up into a ball in the corner and he just becomes like frozen in fear. No, I, I'm gonna argue that that's the right reaction to have in that situation. I was thinking to myself last <laughs> night. 
I'm going to be consumed in this flame no matter what if I just sit here. If I at least make an attempt to go for that, I have a chance at least. Like, I'm burning up, but I'm going to be burning up regardless. So at least, like, I can maybe save myself. You know, yeah. But, but until you're in that situation, you don't exactly, know. Exactly, yeah. But, but also, like, you're 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 going to die. So fuck it. I'm going to do what I need to do. I'm turning that goddamn valve. What, mm. What's going to happen? Okay. I don't have too many bats for this one. But um, so we said that the quick cuts were good in the last one. I feel like, you know how they do the quick cut editing in this right here? Before, it made sense because people were disoriented and it kind of put you into that headspace with them. But this time, uh, we get them like right out of the gate when Matthews is inspecting the corpse and like it like quick cuts all over the jigsaw piece cut out. It's like, Psh! yeah, it's just like. It, what, what the fuck is up with that like we don't have to have this stylistic editing for every shot or every scene i would have loved them to play with the editing a little bit more like in this one where they're going through the nerve agents and they're all a little bit woozy and whatnot like maybe have some of that more like hallucinogenic style yeah. editing you yeah. know like midsummer type stuff where yeah. like, like waving around a little bit yeah subtly. really that's the only bad thing i had written down but i agree with steve's thing about um because i never really considered that just not exploring the other traps like we don't even know what they are i wish i at least knew what they are my problem yeah. is we got two shaved headed bubbies <laughs> and a couple more short headed bubbies and none of them saw the numbers on the back of the necks you know what you're right what the that fuck? bothered why did nobody see frankie when he was roid raging around and be like oh yo you got something on the back of your neck Abby had a hood on most of the time i know Abby had the hood yeah. on but like Frankie G immediately is down to his tank top and he's like, look at my muscles. Ha 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 ha. Mm. Like we should have well, been able to see he's, that. He's, he is that guy. So you're not like, there's no part where he's not facing everybody beyond the part with Amanda in the needle pit where he's trying to open the lock, but they don't show you the back of his neck on purpose, but everybody in that fucking room would see it. Exactly. That's the only thing that really bought. Like they're all sitting around looking for clues. And at one point, Jonas even makes a comment about like tattoos. So it's not like they're not seeing each mm. other's bodies. <laughs> not to, not to say it in a weird way, but like. <laughs> if I see that guy and he's been in the joint, right? And he's got a tattoo that looks whatever. He's the only tattoo I'm seeing with a number on the back of his head. Am I not going to be like, well, that's just a tattoo. You know I would think I mean? it's maybe a tattoo, but uh, right that nobody else because I'm not seeing anybody else have it. Like uh, Jonas had like a kind of high collared shirt on, so you couldn't really see the back of his neck. All the women had longer hair. Uh, even Amanda's hair was long enough to, you know, blockers. Even if she had one, because we don't even know if she did have one. Uh, the kid had a high collared shirt on as well. So uh, you're not looking for it. And again, if I'm in that situation, and I don't know, it's a saw type game. Like Amanda knows, she's in on it. But you don't know that that number on the back of that dude's head who went to jail, that that could be a prison tat. Like, okay, what has he got, a nine on the back of his neck? Okay. He doesn't even show the number. He just rips or cuts it off and just flapping in the wind and just pockets that bitch like, hey, I'm going to save this for later. Watching that scene, I'm just thinking like, what if he missed? Like, what if he cut it what in half? What if he half? cut it in half? Yes, yeah. that was my thought. I was like, it would be so easy to just fuck your shit what up What if it's entirely. like a six or like an eight or a zero? Like, is it an eight, zero, six, also, nine? I don't fucking know. Why he is it pretty pretty low cutting... in the base of the neck though? So yeah. he started pretty low. Why isn't he cutting everybody else's? Is he remembering what numbers they no, are and what colors about that they too. are? There's no fucking way, especially like when he's drugged up like that. He's not gonna retain all that information. At like, and also remembering what color they were. Mean. That way he can yeah. read Roy G. Bivet. Mm. Yeah. Mm. I don't think he was thinking that far ahead. He was just gra gathering numbers 
and uh, Rain Man in it because you don't know. He could be the smartest guy there. <laughs> yeah, sure. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, ugly. Okay, ugly. Um, shit, man. Steve starts off with yeah, the ugly. Yeah, that's right. So what's worse than what I just said already? Um, Ugly more... Mm, it is either like some ugliness within the movie itself or how it reflects on society as a large, like I would say that ugly for this movie is the very real depiction of police corruption. Okay. The willingness to beat the subjects, um, plant evidence. And I'm not saying that all cops do that, but I am saying that cops have been known to do that. So, Mm -hmm. um, you know, we've had very real examples in the media of, uh, cops just shooting willy-nilly at people Mm -hmm. so i i I would say that's kind of the ugly side of this movie is that even though yeah we have these supposed bad people like are they that much worse than the people that are supposed to protect and serve Mm -hmm. you know yeah what i was gonna go with the completely opposite uh with you getting real was the way the movie looks it looks super 2000s-y Oh, that's like, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Two thousand five is ugly. Yeah, <laughs> but then also like they were doing a lot of stuff where they were zooming in on the film that was already there, so it looks even grainier and mm-hmm. crappy because they're doing these weird like, okay, let's zoom in and then turn it to the side a little bit, or well, quick cut here, quick cut there, and it was like it was it's jarring looking at it now. Well, and when they first showed the surveillance footage, and Donnie Wahlberg's like, "That's my son." I looked at Travis and I was like. That could have been you on the surveillance footage, and I wouldn't recognize you. Like, that footage is so grainy. Yeah. And so indistinct. At least it was shot on film. Like, they could have went digital, and digital during this time looks pretty rough. (laughs) What up 28 days later? (laughs) Also, like, even with what they did, you could tell they're, they're... slowing down the footage that's already slowed down and it's it's honestly like the frame rate of it looks so bad i, I don't know this I, movie just is not well shot if that makes sense or the editing of it is and again it, it could be a you know the, because of the times and what was going on around it but it just looked bad watching it and it kind of took me out of the movie while i was watching it like if this was the first time i ever watched it i'd be like oof I don't, yeah I don't, I don't like this you know, I, I kind of agree with you. Yeah, like the editing and the overall look, it's yeah, it's not exactly the best presentation. But, uh, you know, thankfully it's got like a good story at least to save it. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, it, it, see, again, if I'm watching this for the first time, it's taking me so much out of the story that I'm like, I don't think this works because I'm not paying that much attention because I'm being distracted by what the movie looks like. You know what I mean? Like. It would just be me sitting there going, uh, what are we watching here while trying to pay attention to what's actually happening? Yeah, it definitely does kind of make it a little bit more difficult. That's, I guess it's probably better that we watched it on DVD then where the resolution yeah. was way worse. So then what's probably. our absurd? I watched it on, watch it on Peacock, the, the, the cock. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, absurd. Uh, what's absurd in this movie for you, Steve? Oh, uh, Let me think. You guys go first. Well... One of my upstairs I had written down was Jigsaw having enough material for two hours worth of conversation, which we've already kind of gone over. He was just kind of ah, he's know, a windbag babbling. I thought that the cough acting was a little ridiculous at times. I don't think these people really know how to cough. Well, I, and I even called that out at one point. Amanda. There's a man just fake cough. <laughs> She's yeah. like, "Oh shit, I'm supposed to be sick too." <laughs> but I like the other people too, yeah. they're they're not really selling the coffin too well. 
I also think it's fr- a pretty fucking absurd and ridiculous that Amanda was able to find that antidote at the bottom of the syringe pit. That is literally needle in a haystack right there, and she did it. But she knows what she's looking for, so essentially, if this is her game, she put that in that tub. Yeah, the keychain was glowy, so okay. she knew she had to look for the glowy syringe. I guess that makes sense. That one right there is ridiculous, so like a normal person would not have been able to get that. There's no fucking way. Especially not no. Especially not Xavier. No, definitely not Xavier, no. Definitely a cool-ass looking scene, though. When she's sitting there just ripping them back behind her and, like, going through, like, you're like, oh, dude, this fuck. Yeah. yeah. My absurd is when they get down to the basement and they're like, what the fuck's an Obi? And he says, it's pronounced Obi. And then he hits the tape and it says, hello, Obi. <laughs> dude, no, you said, like, most of this stuff was, like, uh, improvised. I think he improvised it. It's Obi. Like, I'm going to, like, add a new spin to my character. Obi. Well, that could also show that Jigsaw actually doesn't know him. And he's just Ooh. using a random dude to do his bidding. You know what? That mm-hmm. could be true. Reasonable. Yeah. It's like, you know what? You're a bad. I know you're a bad person because you helped me do this shit. That's why you belong. I know you're a bad person because you clearly haven't watched Star Wars. It's Obi. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Ridiculous for me. Or or wait, what was the question? Absurd. Absurd. Sorry. Absurd. Uh, There was a point in the beginning where the first tape is talking about the the toxin that's in the house. And he says something about if anybody's seen the Tokyo subway, whatever, this will make you, you know, you'll understand it. And I'm like. Was that a real thing that we should have known about? And yeah, I also, meant to. I meant to research if that was a real thing, but I just I ran out of time today. I, and is okay, is so. that not just showing that there's been so much that has happened since that in the world? If this is real, that we don't even fucking remember it. Hmm. That that's a line of thinking oh. that's kind of a bummer. Okay, here we go. I, I found it. Tokyo subway attack or Tokyo subway sarin attack. The Tokyo subway sarin attack was an act of domestic terrorism perpetrated by or on 20th of March 1995 by members of the cult movement Aum Shinrikyo. So 14 people died and 1,050 people injured. Jesus. Yeah. So I guess it's a thing that happened 10 that's years prior. pretty fucking rough. Yeah. I'm going to say that's kind of messed up to just throw that in there. Let's make that an ugly. Chalk it up. Yeah. All right, scale of one to ten. <sighs> Where are we rating this, Steve? Hmm, 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 hmm. So I, I've thought about this. So I watched it yesterday, and after the credits were rolling, I was like, "Did I really enjoy this movie?" Like, I have because I remember this always. Like when people are like, "Oh man, the Saw franchise." Like, what's the best one? I was like, "Oh, it's number two when they're in the house." Like, it's it's so much different than all the other movies, but yet it's so good. I'm going to have to take that back, and I feel bad telling people this because this Ooh. movie wasn't as good as I remember it being. I think I would rate the first movie better than this, even though, again, I like what it did, but then seeing what comes after it kind of like undoes some of the stuff in this. So mm, I'm going to go with like a 5 out of 10, honestly. Like I like the movie, but not as much as I used to, and the fact that while there are some cool traps in it, there's really not a lot when you break it down. You have the first one in the beginning, which isn't even part of the game. Then you have, obviously, the biggest trap, which is, you know, Eric Matthews, you know, Boy Meets World, uh, <laughs> getting trapped at the end, which the whole game is about him, which the other ridiculous thing I wanted to say is they're having this giant conversation with Jigsaw, and they didn't notice that it was in a fucking elevator this whole time. <laughs> yeah, what the fuck? <laughs> the whole room was an elevator. Okay, cool, whatever. Uh the other traps we got, we got the one, you know, the wrist thing. That was kind of cool because 
again, if you were smart, but also not dying from a poison, you would probably look at it and be like, okay, my one wrist is fucked, so I'm not going to put my other wrist in there. So that well, makes sense to me. Especially because she fucked up the syringe. The the antidote was lost. Yeah. Also, how are you going to get that out when she tried to get it out and it just did what it did anyways? I think that was a losing game regardless. Well, she, she didn't listen to the these. tape, so we have no clue. Yeah, she just tossed it to right. the side. You're right. And did did we even see a name on that? I don't think we did. I don't think mm-hmm. so. Because uh, we saw it from think, a different perspective. Right. I do think that would have been Amanda's game. And then mm. we get the... I don't even know what the whole gun to the fucking... Uh, the back of the door even really means. And the guy who gets shot, there's a game for him, right? Oh, so yeah. we didn't get to see that. That was his game. He lost. <laughs> <laughs> game over. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, the the thought of the movie is what makes it worse for me because we're not getting what the movie's promising me at the beginning, right? When you're in the house with all these people, shit, okay, we're seeing game after game for these people, but we don't, we don't see them. Five out of ten. Five out of ten, okay. I think I, um, I'm still pretty high on this one. I'm not as high on it as the first one. I think the first one is the best in the series. But um, I would say that this one's a pretty solid eight. It still has some of the like the police procedural type stuff going on in this movie that the first one had. Meanwhile, it's building up on the whole trap situation, which becomes like the major focus of the series. So... Mm. We're not at the absurd point yet where it's just like all traps and like how the fuck does this even happen? Like it's still somewhat grounded a little bit in this one, which I appreciate. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. It feels about right. Okay. I'm going to give it a seven and a half. Okay. Because I do think, to me, honestly, this just, it feels like a pretty solid sequel, but it also still feels like a franchise working on finding its footing at yeah. the same time. Uh, but yeah. I also, I have such a sentimental place for this because we rented this at the only pool party birthday I ever got to have because I'm a January birthday and I was always bummed out I never got to have a pool party and then the Holiday Inn renovated and they had, they built an indoor pool so my mom rented a couple rooms for me and my friends and she did pay-per-view for Saw 2 in one of I... the rooms and then I want to say it was like Just Like Heaven or when John Heater maybe I think oh. something like that. That was in the second movie for my little sister and also my one friend who couldn't watch horror movies. Mm. So they watched that movie in one room and the rest of us watched Saw 2 in the other room. <laughs> Hell yeah. That's actually kind so. of cool. You had different viewing parties in different rooms. <laughs> yeah. Hotel. You know what? Props to your mom. <laughs> yeah, I was. that was awesome, honestly, because I, I always felt like I missed out not getting to do a pool party. So That's cool. Yeah, so I have like a very nostalgic place. And then after this, we started watching them all in theaters together. Me and my mom did, so. Dope. Okay, so do you have our average figured at this point? Yes. Five, eight, and seven and a half. Uh, 6.83. Okay, that feels like an IMDb rating for this. Yeah, we're uh, slightly higher. It's a 6.6 on IMDb. Okay, so So almost close to it. We're in the pocket there, yeah. Yeah, yeah, all right, cool. All right, let's get this one kicked off then. All right, it starts off with a man named Michael who wakes up with a death mask around his neck and a bloody eyeball. Bloody eyeball. What's up, Nicole Fox? He is there because he's an informant. He spies on people. He rats on them. Um, So he has to get the key out from the back of his eyeball in 60 seconds. I like the name. They actually named this trap. It's called the Death Mask. 
It's. I thought it was the Venus flytrap. He says it's like a Venus flytrap, but mm-hmm. he like refers to it a couple of times as death mask. Okay. I think that this is like his like favorite like pet project. It's like by the way, you have to include death mask. Well, I feel like people refer yeah. to it as the Venus flytrap when they talk about traps. Do they? Yeah. I'm gonna call it death mask. Okay. Death mask Venus flytrap. I also want to know why my man has to be in his boxer briefs. Like you know <laughs> what? What was the purpose of stripping him down? He didn't need to be. <laughs> Gordon. Gratuitous nudity to the plot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. More hostile type shit right here. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, he can't he can't cut his eye open. Who could? Yeah, exactly. I don't think I could do this one. That's like life or death right there. Like I, I'm talking about the fire. I could do that one maybe, but this one right here, I know I can't do this one. It is an instantaneous death. It's not like gonna be slow and agonizing. True. Yeah. I mean I don't know about that. Depending on how deep those spikes go into your face. I mean, yeah, they're probably going in the, the front and the back, but I don't think you're dying immediately. I guess it does depend on the length of the spike. Those are some pretty decently sized spikes. Yeah. I think you're feeling it for at least ten to fifteen seconds and then you're bleeding out. Nah. You might be brain- at that point, you might be overwhelmed with pain where you just kind of like go into shock. There's so many like... spikes there. I think that the brain is just going to kind of haywire real quickly. Like you're going to be hitting all the neurons and whatnot in there. It's just going to be like, all right, we're done. There is one thing well, for sure, though. You're going to die. It's death mask. We need to get the old uh, Mythbusters back out. And oh, God. Out. <laughs> Dude, I would love to see that. Like, Did they ever do anything like that? I know that they did movie shit, but did they ever like test saw traps? No, I know they did like zombie stuff where they were like, mm-hmm. hey, if there's like a horde of zombies, how long can you last? Or is it re- reasonable to have an axe versus uh, a gun or a you know a sword versus a gun and stuff like that because of reload? I don't think they ever did anything beyond maybe Jaws and stuff like that with horror movies. They need to reboot that for the next movie coming out soon. <laughs> okay. Okay. So then we cut to Detective Matthews. He's getting his son out of a security office and uh, he's kind of kind of yelling at him as they walk home along the boardwalk. What a kind nice locale for <laughs> this. Well, honestly, it could be a lot worse Daniel's given being this like, scenario. Daniel's being a little angsty shit. Yeah. Shoplifting. And, you know, I think he has the right to be mad here. But, like, he does have one thing here where, like, Daniel's like, I should probably just go see mom. And I think that he's, like, saying it, like, you know, not really meaning it. He thinks he's just trying to get a reaction out of his dad. But I don't think he expected the full force of a Wahlberg to get in his face and be like, fucking go, go. I'd fucking dare you to. <laughs> get the <laughs> like, fuck out of here. We're going to make a Wahlburgers. You're not invited. I, I legitimately believe that the actor is like, Jesus, okay. Like, was like for real there in that scene. <laughs> Maybe Whoa, he originally I... was supposed to be found by Donnie at the end. He's like, I don't want to shoot with him again. That might have been him <laughs> doing his 5% of ad libber right here. He's like, oh my God, that wasn't in the script. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, so... We don't actually get to see the mother, do we? No. No. It's Amanda. (laughs) Ooh. Yeah, so... He's immediately remorseful of the situation and blowing up Daniel's phone trying to get him to answer. Like, no wonder your son's a delinquent if this is how you handle conflict with him. Yeah, like, he obviously hates authority because you're a cop and you're, like, a big piece of shit. Yeah, so he's trying to call Daniel. (laughs) Daniel's not answering his phone. And eventually he does get a call back and immediately assumes it's Daniel because it's 2005 and caller ID isn't necessarily the norm yet. Mm. Uh, but he <laughs> he is asked to report to a crime scene. Detective Carey wants him there to help ID because they believe it's the informant that he uses. But 
the actual truth is that he was called there because there's a note for him on the ceiling that says, look closer, Detective Matthews. And this is such a weird dynamic between Carrie and Matthews. I feel like it gets romanticized in later movies, the dynamic between Carrie, Matthews, and Rig. Uh, in, la- in later movies, it's like, oh, man, I care so much about these people. But in this movie, they all just seem to kind of fucking hate each other. Yeah. Yeah, yeah they, they do. Yeah, there's not really much chemistry between them there. Do they really ever talk about Eric Matthews that much ever again beyond the third movie? He's like, in the fourth one. No, that's Rig's whole driving force in the fourth one is that he is told he could save Detective Matthews. Oh, well, okay. He's kind of a major factor in that one. But oh, still, but he's like... School, right? Uh, yeah, yeah. And he's like going around like... um. He's like, see what I see, feel what I feel, save yeah, as yeah, I yeah, save. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And then I he ends up getting... Gets his head crushed by like ice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, tight. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So... Matthews is pissed that she like pulled that trick on him. We find out that they used to be partners, but he's stuck on desk work because uh, he's gotten in a bit of a trouble with internal affairs. A wee bit. That's mm. going to be wee important bit. later <laughs> once we learn that he's been planting evidence and beating up suspects. Yeah. But then like it shows him later at night and he's having a dream. And somehow he manages to dream that there was a clue in the crime scene, which I think this is fucking weird that he was able to pick up on that detail from a photograph from his dream. Uh, no, like dreams are honestly, it's a part of a way of our brain processing what happened throughout the day. You think so? You think you would be able to like pick up on a clue? It's just his brain is like resetting and processing things that went through. Like it's not necessarily like the dream is telling you the clues that you wake up, you've your brain has been kind of mulling over it. Sounds like a smart dream. I have dumb dreams. <laughs> Just a bunch of stupid shit happening. I get chased by people all the time. <laughs> uh, it's, like I problem. mean, it's not <laughs> yeah. an unreasonable thing to have happen. Okay, fair enough. Okay. Yeah, I've, I've woken up from a dream and I'm like, oh shit, that's what that meant. Or, oh, I need to do this. Or, damn it, that's what that you know thing was sitting somewhere. So, I get it. Yeah, especially like work-related stuff. I've had plenty of work-related dreams, and then I go in and I'm like, "Oh yeah, this is the thing I needed to fix." Like, wow, I okay, it out in my dreams. <laughs> <laughs> so we see SWAT going into this house or building or whatever, and Matthews decides that he's going to join in because of his dream clue. Uh, then we have this the one of the probably most upsetting traps in the whole Saw franchise, which yeah. is the team going upstairs and. like a board shoots out and breaks this dude's legs pushes him down the stairs and pushes the other SWAT team members into this cage that electrocutes them is that what that was yeah okay I wasn't sure it looked like like little like mini explosions happening in there I wasn't sure if it was like flashbangs or what was happening no it was it was electrocution hmm that is a pretty, I love that setup though, where the puppet just like, Billy just rolls up at the top of the stairs there. It's so creepy. Nobody, none of the detectives in this franchise ever learned to back the fuck up whenever Billy the puppet's in the room. Yeah, everybody just fucking duck, like hit the ground. Yeah, every single time. We're going to see it again and again throughout. Yeah. They do eventually get to Jigsaw, where he's holed up in one of the rooms. He is hooked up to a bunch of IVs. They're going to cough and arrest him, but then he's like, I can't leave because uh, Detective Matthews has a problem he has to handle before we can go anywhere. And he kind of directs them over to this uh, 
set up. There's a blanket over some stuff. When they remove the blanket, they see a bunch of screens with surveillance footage of a house with a bunch of people, including Daniel Matthews. Uh, he says there's a gas in their nerve system that will kill them in two hours unless they can both complete their games. And John says, don't worry, he's in a safe place. <laughs> And then he snickers and winks. <laughs> oh, yes, there will be blood. <laughs> does he um, actually snicker and wink when he says that? No, he no. doesn't. He no. does. He, he, he smiles. I'm editorializing. He's, he's got a nice, <laughs> he's got a pretty charming smile, honestly. Right. He's in a safe space. <laughs> looking at the safe, looking back at him, looking back at the safe. I don't mean a safe. Shit. Can you imagine like, him actually just laying out there in front of them? Like he's in a safe place and like nobody's <laughs> just picking up on it. Uh, well and then there here's like this creepy thing because detective matthews decides he's gonna try and call daniel and it goes straight to voiceville and it's jigsaw's voice saying daniel can't come to the phone can you imagine being daniel's mom because she has to be trying to get a hold of him too you know what holy shit that's gotta be really creepy yeah (laughs) like if they've like played these tapes like on the news like this is the voice of jigsaw that we found on the scene and then you hear that whenever you are calling your son. Oof. Are we a little fucking freaky? Yeah. yeah. But we don't know because we don't even know if he has a mom. <sighs> that's true. Maybe he, he has a mom. It. The mom has primary custody. Maybe that's why <laughs> Donnie Wahlberg dared yeah. him to go earlier. He's like, yeah, go find one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Give me a date. You don't have a mom. Okay. Go. So yeah. in the game, uh, people are kind of wandering around this room. Most of them have woken up, but there's one that's still asleep. And they're like, don't worry. She's breathing. Uh, they're all strangers, and they haven't been able to find a way out through any of the doors in the room. They start hearing like a ticking through the door, and they all put their ears up to it, and they can't figure it out. And then that's when Amanda wakes up, and she starts going into a panic and starts tearing everything in the yeah. room apart. Um, and then she manages to pull apart some bricks and finds a tape in there. Yeah, so uh, the tape says that they all have more in common than they think. The nerve agent will kill them in two hours. I wrote years. Wow, I was really Whoa, optimistic for them. Um, but the doors to the house will open in three hours, so they have to find a way to stay alive. Uh, you stay alive with the antidote, and there's different ways to get the antidotes throughout the house. I'm curious how an antidote can save you from breathing in toxic gas. I feel like maybe a gas mask would have been, you know. Better? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. Um, they said that uh, in addition to having something in common, um, the key to finding the antidote is all in the back of their mind and the order will be over the rainbow. They find a key and the note on it says, do not use this to go through the door. And I was like, we should probably use this. And she goes, don't do it. You need to follow the rules. And they're like, ah, whatever. Uh, I'm going to go over here and I'm going to put my eye out to this keyhole while I unlock the door because I've clearly never unlocked a door in my life. Yeah, who the fuck does that? That is weird. How people, it's looking the other way, is it not? It's looking into, yeah. not out of. I so, mean, it could be Kramer's reverse people. I guess. <laughs> this definitely has to be that guy's test, though. He's like, this guy always looks through people when he opens through. Well, doors. this is also the same guy when they're like, have you ever been drunk before? He goes, yeah, I've been drunk. I did three years in college. John Kramer... Mr. PhD in engineering is like, your sin is that you don't have a college education. Yeah. Dumb, dumb idiot. <laughs> let's see. Yeah, let's see if you uh, are smart enough to not look through a peephole while you open the door. Yeah. Probably not. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, he and, played it right because he was right. He, yeah, yeah <laughs> he blows his fucking brains out. 
Then they wait a little bit longer and the door opens on its own. Yep. Yep. Uh, Jake saw said that he'll talk to Detective Matthews, but Detective Matthews only. Everybody else needs to back up. Uh, Carrie and Rig are bickering about what the right call is, and Carrie's like, well, you know, this has been my case for a while, and I, I want to follow through on this the way that makes the most sense, given what we know about him. Uh, she says that Detective Matthews lost his son one time before when they got involved together, so that's presumably the cause for the divorce, oh. was they had an affair. Uh, she's like, so I'm not going to let you lose your son again. Uh, just humor John. He wants to be heard. That's kind of his whole thing. Just humor him. <laughs> yeah. Um, so back at the house, everybody has kind of split up temporarily to look around. This would be a fun video game. I bet it would. This house and like you just have a bunch of puzzles and traps you have to solve. I mean, you're kind of describing breakout games here. This is yeah. basically a breakout game without the, you know, no deaths in a breakout game, but you know. Same concept. Yeah. I, I mean, I guess. I just, I don't know. Like in the breakout games, like we had those, the the fake manacles on and they were like, you could just take it off. And we're like, you know, we didn't even do the full puzzle with it. It would be really cool to do a breakout game that is soft-themed where you have like your own trap designed for you, but, um, you know, you just don't die. <laughs> like you're Sounds able to survive it. Really expensive and invasive. What's the fun of that? I don't know. I guess like you could either win like a hundred million dollars or you die. I mean, I'm, I'm pretty sure there are movies like that as well. Let's write it. Let's, let's make it. <laughs> let's make it happen. It's called the game. The game. Um, <laughs> There's a movie called the game. That's the whole point of that. Uh, Matthews is talking to Jigsaw, but he has like his radio under, like not very sneakily underneath his chair at all. Um, Jigsaw's basically taunting him about like his past indiscretions at work. Um, and then he's like, "Can you get me some water?" Which just feels like a power move. It is a little bit, but also you kind of have to like, if I grab that water, is it going to explode in my face? Like, what's going to happen here? (laughs) Uh, Inside the house, we discover there's a metal grate over the front door. So Xavier beating it with the bat isn't really helping. They're all bickering a little bit when Jonas realizes that at least a couple of them have in common that they've done some time in prison. Uh, Then they find a door to the basement. In the basement, there's a mannequin with Obby's name on it, and the tape says that he's burned others with his lies and cons. And he can get two antidotes if he goes into this furnace. One is yours to give to whoever you choose, and the other is for you for helping me kidnap everybody else. Just putting it out there in front of you. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, everybody's like, what the fuck? Well, you know how we got in here. You know how to get us out. And he's like, I truthfully didn't think I was going to be in here too. So no, I don't know how to get out. Uh, (laughs) And they basically bully him into the furnace. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't end well. We got Abby well done. This is a, uh, this one's, it's terrible if you're claustrophobic. It's terrible if you're afraid of fire. It's just a terrible trap. This one right here is miserable. There's no part of me that would want to do this trap. Absolutely not. Well, I like the whole idea, though, is that he doesn't need to get the second syringe. If he just got the one for himself, he's fine. Mm -hmm. Yeah, until the other people kill him for both not getting the second syringe and for getting getting them trapped there in the first place. I would just be like, hey, I got mine. If you guys want yours, go in there and get it. 
Right, Never and that's the whole point is, yeah, like, people are going to fucking kill this guy. or like, It's just mm-hmm. human nature, right? Like, yo, you could either help everybody or get it for yourself. The thing, too, is, though, I mean, I'm looking at it as I know this is a trap, but the one that is not on a chain is easy to grab, and the one that's on a cr- chain, he's pulling the chain with it, you know? Like, maybe look at it a little bit better and be like, oh, maybe I should take it off the chain so it doesn't yeah. shut the door. Or maybe, like... So it's easy to like pick this thing apart and knowing what happens. But maybe somebody like stand in front of the door that way, like it doesn't shut on. Them. I thought about that, and the way it like slams shut, and the fact that it's a furnace makes me think that they would just end up getting hurt in the process trying to keep it open. Possibly, but yeah, probably. Uh, anyway, when he dies, the needles are still in the furnace, and they get burned up too. So nobody gets an antidote. Did anybody get an antidote throughout this whole movie? I don't think so. No. Well, yeah, I mean, you can see it throughout the movie that everybody's coughing and throwing up blood, but yet Amanda and Nathaniel, whatever, um, are fine. Until the end, though, he does cough up blood at the end. No, I think I think Daniel is actually being affected by the nerve agent. Um, Amanda's definitely not. She's no, faking she's her not. coughs. She is way less pale than the rest of them. Like, yeah, the definitely. only time her eyes are as red as theirs is after the needle pit because she was crying (laughs) (laughs) also has like a red rash around his his neck and then around his nose too is all red as well so yeah he's obviously Mm -hmm. being affected but maybe maybe they gave him a little bit of the antidote so he's not gonna die at all because that's the whole point of the game is he has to survive this to be in the safe at the end so what happens when that big dude just happens to stab him does does jigsaw's plans go away yeah, yeah, probably. The whole thing pretty much falls apart. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's the only the only the only big qualm I have about some of these movies is everything has to fall into place exactly the way he plans it and there's no backup plan, but everything always goes the way it's designed. Yeah. Uh Jigsaw tells Matthews that he needs to follow the rules, which is just to sit there and talk. Uh he asks about a cure for cancer and then he insists that he's not a murderer because he's never actually murdered anybody. <clears throat> And then he's like, why do you care about saving your son? Is it because the knowledge of death changes things? You know, he talks about after he learned that he was dying of cancer, he drove his car off a cliff. And then when he survived that, it completely changed his outlook on things. Yeah, so I almost murdered myself. So now I'm going to go murder everybody because I survived. I, I get the analogy they're trying to go with, right? That cancer is eating his body and he's going to die anyways, but yet driving off a cliff and surviving a car crash with a fucking thing through my gut, my body's fine and can survive through it. So because of that, obviously, now I'm going to be a mass murderer who makes people try to do the same thing. But totally not a murderer. Totally not. Right, totally not. Yeah. No. Never do killed you- anybody. Do you think because he's got brain cancer, do you think maybe he was just like a totally mellow dude before the tumor? And it's one of those cases like a Phineas Gage situation where like the tumor has just messed with his brain so much. And he's like, like I'm going to be a murderer now. Yeah, I've never thought about (laughs) that. There's things where like people have certain like an aneurysm or something and they survive and they can like speak German or some shit like that's that's happening. So, I mean, I kind of like that where like he was normal dude, super smart. And then that tumor maybe moved something in his brain to now he's just like, you know what? Fuck people. Well, that's how some people discover discover brain tumors is because they have a sudden drastic personality change. Okay. 
And so they go in for testing and discover there's like a tumor like pressing in on different parts of the brain that affect, you know, personality, cognition, all of that. But there is something there to that, though. I like Mm. it. Smart. Yeah, smart. I don't know how many times I'm going to have to remind you today, but I'm smart. (laughs) (laughs) So in the house, Laura's not doing well and Daniel's doing his best to help her, you know, keep her spirits high um he asked amanda about surviving her first trap and you know it's kind of like why are you back here why are you being tested again if you survive and she's like well i started you know i survived my first test which is when i was dealing with addiction um but then i started cutting after i was arrested for possession he's like but i thought you said you weren't addicted she goes yeah well talk talk to the cop that arrested me kind of implying that it was a bullshit charge Mm -hmm. um so the others have found a door and come to get those three. And when they get to the door, it's kind of, it's not locked, but it's kind of stuck and Xavier has to force it open. And when he does, a three, three minute timer starts. The tape is for Xavier saying that um, as a drug dealer, he gives people hope and then forces them into a pit of squalor. So he is going to do, the same is going to happen to him. <laughs> and because Xavier is a buff big baby he throws amanda into the pit instead which i feel like is really fucked up because if his whole test is about how he basically preys on people with addiction issues and then he takes the person with addiction issues and throws her into a pit of needles Mm. that's extra fucked up right yeah he's like she just said she survived one before so whatever go you can survive another (laughs) way you got this so I think it's more of like, oh, she can handle it because she has been addicted. So get in there with all the needles. Also, there is a movie flub in this scene. When he when they first get to the, the room and it says there's three minutes left, it shows the ticking timer on the door. Then it shows him like kind of messing with the door. On the door, the timer says like 18 seconds. Whoa. Ooh, I wasn't nice paying catch. attention to that. So she does she does the thing. She ends up just powering through. She gets the key. She saves the day. Xavier fucks up. He drops the key, and then he blames her for it. it is Fuck like, this guy. It's bullshit, though, that the antidote isn't at the bottom of that. I think if you dig and successfully get that at the bottom of all of those syringes, you win. Yeah, you should fucking win. I'm not bullshit. using a needle that's been in that fit with those other needles. If it's the only antidote that you can get, fuck yeah, you are. There's I am, a cap on the needle. Cap on the yeah, there we go. <laughs> or it's in its own little capsule. Okay, so now this is around the time where they all realize that they've been to jail because everybody's been talking about jail shit this entire time, but it's finally clicking for everybody now. Yeah, and they're, they're like, ha ha, here's our common ground. And they're like, you kid, you got juvie written all over you. And he goes, no, my dad's a hard ass. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> my dad's a Wahlberg. I do say, how do you remember for me? <laughs> so they uh they all just kind of split uh Z- xavier decides that he's gonna split off because everybody else is holding him down yeah this motherfucker dropped the goddamn key and is blaming everybody else i hate this guy yep he sucks um they have he called sucks. in the tech team <laughs> to find where the video footage is coming from carrie suggests that uh matthew's threatened to destroy some of his work, some of Jigsaw's work, because that's kind of his whole deal is that he's proud of it and wants people to know what he's doing. Uh, but John is like, yeah, that's fine. Go ahead. Keep ripping stuff up. What are you going to, what evidence are you going to use to convict me if you destroy all of this? And Matthew goes, I don't need it. 
So I'll play that's it pretty shit. bald right yeah. there. <laughs> I'll, I'll draw on my own. It's like the, like the worst plan. He goes, uh, he goes, I need to show you something. Uh, how about you have the detectives that are listening in on your walkie under there? Not smooth. Uh, <laughs> tell them to check this drawer in the brown desk where they're at. And in that drawer are the files for all the other people in the house with Daniel. And they're all people that Matthew's arrested with planted evidence. Yep. So the now, stakes the, just got even higher. Are, yeah, is he the only one who knows that he planted the evidence? Or does his friends in the cop shop also know he planted evidence? I bet Considering they don't. Considering IA is breathing down his neck and he's been saddled with desk work and isn't partners with Carrie anymore, I'm going to say that uh, at the very least there's rumors. Hmm. Okay. But I, I feel like they probably know. Probably. Yeah, you're right. Um, in the house, Xavier figures out that there's numbers on their necks when he looks at like one of the bodies on the floor. Uh, Jonas comes in and confronts him, and he's like, I know everybody else is scared of you, but I'm not scared of you. I got people on the outside that I'm trying to protect, and if I die in here, they're going to go for my family. Um, so they fight a little bit, and Xavier ends up winning the fight because he's massive. Well, actually, Jonas puts up a pretty good fight for being like a much scrawnier dude. Yeah. And uh, uh, honestly, yeah. he wins until he gets back. <laughs> no, well, I forget. He's coughing from the, the, the nerve agent, and then he gets planted pretty good. I yeah. forgot that he loses that because I wrote Jonas wins. And then as soon as that happened, like I saw Xavier stand up in the background, and I just wrote an X. I was like, eh, gets spikes to head. <laughs> <laughs> so meanwhile, out in the hallway, Laura collapses and she looks up, and there's like a photo frame with an X on it, and they all take that as a hint, and they pull it off the wall, and on the back of the frame is a photo of uh, Daniel and Eric Matthews, and Addison's like, this is the cop who faked my charges and put me away. What are you doing with him? And Daniel's like, ah, oh, that's, that's, my, that's my dad. Laura has a seizure and dies, and Addison splits off. Amanda's pissed, so she goes off to the room they all started in. Xavier's going around trying to collect numbers from the different bodies, and he finds the photo in the hallway, too. Amanda, once Amanda realizes that Xavier's just going rogue and killing people, she goes and collects Daniel, and they start working together. <laughs> uh, Matthews decides he's going to beat up John. Um, that feels like the right the right call in this moment, and mm. Carrie tries to stop him, but Rig blocks her from getting over to him. Like, nah, Rig's like, we did coming. it your way. We're going to do it this way. Yeah. He like beats the shit out of him and then puts a gun in his mouth. <laughs> yeah. like It's pretty brutal. Meanwhile, Addison finds a room that has a syringe and this little block contraption, and she sticks her hand in through this like trap razor thing. Um, it's kind of like the top of a... Of a McDonald's Coke where it's got the little flappy thing. Oh my God. You're right. <laughs> um, so he's, she sticks her arm through, immediately fucks up the antidote syringe. And because she's, you know, mostly dead already, she sticks her other arm up through, not thinking it through. Okay. And she's just trapped. This whole time, though, so she's trapped there. And then Xavier comes in and like just like gets the number from the back of her neck. But imagine the thought going through her <laughs> head, like, oh my god, he's there. Like, oh my god, he's grabbing my hair. What the fuck is happening? And then he just slowly backs away. It's like 
Did he sniff me or something? Like, what the <laughs> yeah, because he just goes, shh, shh, shh. Yeah. And then he walks away. I would be so, like, I've got my hands strapped in here, but that was the worst thing that happened to me. <laughs> what, so did every, uh, I guess, trap, did it have two syringes? Did hers have two also? No, hers just had one. Hers yeah, I thought it only not. had one. That's what I was saying. So the one with the pit, we don't see it because it says that they're locked behind the, the, mm-hmm. the vault door or whatever, which how the fuck did you get that type of door in this place to begin with? Um, but did it say there was two behind there or only one? I can't remember. The only one with remember. two that I can think of is just the like the fire chamber. So then why the fuck does that matter? Why is he? Why does he get two and everybody else only gets one? I think it was really more the psychological component. So he could say one is for you for doing me this favor, and the others to give out how you see fit. Yeah, I think it was just a psychological component. So John says, "All right, fine, game over. I'll take you to the house, but only you." And uh, the the good news is that they can get out pretty easily because they're inside of a giant uh, industrial elevator. <laughs> So they push a button and disappear while everybody else is slow to react. Meanwhile, the tech team has figured out the house's address. So the SWAT team is headed there as well. Inside the house, Amanda and Daniel are back in the first room trying to hold the door closed against Xavier. And while they're in there, they find a trap door under the safe in the middle of the room. They use the key from the peephole door trap. Mm -hmm to get through the trap door and they get through just as Xavier busts in. Amanda and Daniel are being chased by Xavier underground while Matthews arrives at the house. The last house on the left. Yeah, the last house on the left uh, (laughs) being given the key by John Um, and SWAT is inside their location and they cannot see they cannot be seen on the camera. Carrie's like, I can't see you guys at all. They don't seem to see Eric or any of the bodies because Eric has found all of these different dead bodies. So they're realizing maybe they're in the wrong location. Amanda and Daniel are at the bathroom from the first movie and Xavier finds them. And Amanda says that Daniel's dead. And uh, he's like, I don't care. I just want the number on the back of her neck on the back of your necks. And she's like, well, what are you going to do? I'm not going to tell you the number on the back of yours. That like blows his mind. He's like, shit. And then he's just like, all right. All right, and then he cuts up his own neck. <laughs> um, but guess what? Daniel's still alive, and he kicks Xavier and takes the knife and slits his throat. And then he cries because no, no, no. he just killed a man. He uses, he uses the the saw that was in there. Oh, okay. Oh, missed, wow. th- missed taking that. It, taking it from the first one there. You know, what's the movie's title? <laughs> yeah, I also love that we get. Uh, you know, the corpse of Adam in there, too. It's just chilling in the corner. Dude, yeah, yeah. I, I kind of like that. And then the guy, what was the the guy that, like, kidnapped him or whatever is in there, too? Uh, Zeb. Uh, Zeb. Zeb? Zeb. 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 I like that this all kind of takes place within, I don't know, s- those bodies don't look that decomposed, maybe a month of each other. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? Like, I just like how it's all within the same whatever. And then even there's hints, too, when um, Donnie Wahlberg, sorry, Donna Wahlberg, is walking through the, the house and he's seeing all the dead bodies. If you look really close, their hands or their skin is decrepit and already, you know, turning from being dead for however long it's been since they actually died. Since, so like, the, are you talking about from the first movie or the people from Not the people this in this one? No, the people that die in this movie because it's what uh, 
who knows how many days later, right, that his son's been taken and this actual thing took place in the house, right? Because we're watching tapes of it. Yeah. Donnie Wahlberg's looking at all these bodies when he's going through the, you know, the building. So if you're paying close attention before the reveal of it being taped, you're seeing and they're showing you that these people have been dead for a while. Which SWAT is realizing that they're in the wrong house and they find the footage. So they got the location from where this uh, VCR setup was. And it was all a tape of the game as it played out that was being sent to John's location. Um, Eric Matthews is in the bathroom now. And he doesn't see Amanda or his son in there. Um, but he does see a hand peeking out of the bathtub. And when he gets there, he's attacked by somebody in a pig mask. Um, the timer back at the location where they'd found John, it goes out and a safe pops up with Daniel inside with a little oxygen mask on. And he's crying and in for a lifetime of trauma. And probably like <laughs> medical related issues too. Because if he's still not recovered from that, like... He he still seems to be well. I mean, it's a it was a nerve agent. He still had nerve damage happening, you yeah. know. Um, also, is this the only time in the Saw franchise in which Jigsaw has used another person to get to somebody else in a in a trap? Normally, he's grabbing someone and then putting them through the test. Well, he's grabbing this person's son, who is obviously you know, has his own problems, but he's not being put through a test. The kid's just there because of his dad. The only other yes. thing I can think of is Donnie Wahlberg in four. Uh, what's his face? His wife, Joyce, in part seven. She's in the the Iron Bull. Oh, yeah. Mm. Um, mm -hmm, Jeff's mm -hmm. daughter in part three. But then and at that point, it is also different jigsaws, too. Yeah. So I guess it is, yeah. Right, right. Eric Matthews has a tape, and the tape is from Amanda, and she's uh, saying that she is a follower of Jigsaw, and she will be taking his place whenever he passes because the the cure to death is immortality. Um, and that Eric is her, is her first test subject, and then she pops up at the door, and she says, game over, and yeah. slams it, and that's the end of the movie. I love that these have game you overs. She could have done a little more better a game over. She was like, game over. She should have been, you know, a game over, you know. <laughs> yeah. That's why that, I wasn't bothered by That's it. why he tests her again in the next movie. He's like, you didn't give it enough yeah, heart. I was there. That was not yeah, a good yeah. game over. Yeah. Look, we're starting with threat. Sorry. What do we rate it now? Anybody changing their scores after talking about it? Uh, I'm a, seven I'm and, pop and a half still feels right yeah, for me. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to pop mine back to a six. I think talking about it thinking about the how much care was put into some aspects of the film uh being that it was a good it is a good twist you don't see coming like the mm -hmm. whole it was taped like you don't there's nothing to show you that right now if yeah. you're looking closely kind of but not until the final like ending part where everything's unraveling so i feel like that's written well there's other parts of the movie that I'm just still like, eh, come on, guys. But I'll, I'll give it a six. Okay. You said you're bumping yours, too? No, I said I'm keeping it. Keeping it at 7.5. Okay. I'm yep. keeping mine 8. Okay. So we do go up a little bit then. Yep. Our new average is 7.16. Nice. Okay. All right. Uh, that was hell yeah. Did you do that in your head? No, she has a calculator here. Oh, cheating. I do our averages in my head, but it, 
Dividing by three is a pain it's in tough. the ass. Um, Talia, honestly, she just wasn't into this movie. She left. She was asleep. She needed to go out at about 18 minutes. She came back in, slept some more, and then she's like, I'm just, I'm going to the bedroom, guys. Uh, I think Talia is going to give this, um, she's going to give this a three. No, a four. Because that's the number of doors in our hallway. So she's like playing her her on version of Saw 2. She's like, which doors are open for me to go through? Yeah, and this one right here is locked all the time. <laughs> she can't get into this one. Uh, uh, Zoe was very into it. She liked it. She was. She watched the entire thing. She didn't leave the room. Did so a lot of cuddling. She was feeling it. Okay. Which one's the cat and which one's the dog? Talia's the dog. Zoe's the cat. Okay. Who did everybody relate to? Jigsaw. I just want to kill everybody. Wait, no. Um, <laughs> Jigsaw, not because right. I'm totally not a murderer. <laughs> right. Uh, that's a hard one in a movie like this, right? Because there is a, a cavalcade of cast in this. Like, everybody's different, but they're all shitty kind of people. I mean, most Saw movies, everybody is in the trap because they're a shitty person, right? Uh, not to yeah. say everybody's yeah. a saint, but I don't... I don't, hmm. I don't know. Jonas seemed pretty solid. We never found out what he was in for. True. And he was you know definitely what, trying to be the mediator. I think I would be Jonas in this situation. Yeah, I'd what be the fuck did to he do to get calm. Did he exactly. only get put in here because he was like, he had charges like planted against him? Yeah. Is that his crime for being a victim? We don't hear anything yeah. about his background. So. That's a little bit fucked up, Amanda. Come on. Yeah. Hmm. Well, I think all these people were being used for the game. Let's be real. Like, some of them are shitty, but like even Seventh Heaven, like what did she do? She seemed okay. I'm gonna relate to uh, Starship Troopers. She uh, she seemed level-headed, and the only person who was like by the book and trying to do everything correctly, uh, Dina Dina Myers is that her name? Mm -hmm. No, yeah. Um, I relate to her. Even she was kind of a dick though in the way she brought Matthews into it. Yeah. No, no, no. She was fine. <laughs> I'm gonna relate to Adam's corpse because I'd be dead before this thing even started. <laughs> Perfect. No, Travis, you would honestly, you'd probably be Xavier, and what? I would be Laura because I would succumb to the nerve damage before I could die from any of the traps, and you would somehow not be as affected by the nerve agent as everybody else because you're never sick ever, mm. and you never react to like vaccines or anything. You you're just like I'm fine. I. Do tend to take a bat to everything in the house and cut yeah. off large chunks of skin on the back of my exactly. neck. Exactly, yeah. it's uncanny. No, I Very got to take all the skin off. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's Talia. That's Talia. <laughs> uh, okay, fuck it. Whatever. No, I'm sticking with Adam. Okay. Do we have a new tagline? Hmm. I really like just when you thought it was safe to go back in the torture dungeon. That's pretty funny. I'm not gonna lie. Let's think. Let's think here. Saw 2. We did it again. Twice the fun, twice the murder. There might be twice the murder, actually, in this movie. Oh, no, I got it. <laughs> Go review the Saw kill two. count. Wait. Game over. Again. Game over. <laughs> that would totally be a yeah. tagline that they would use for this. Are you checking to see if that was yeah. one? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, you can, I think you can do the, the Ron Burgundy, right? Game over? Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, I'd be okay with that, unless you got something. I don't know. I just think they knocked it out of the park with that one tagline. Yeah, <laughs> we can't use it. Unfortunately, we got What's another movie that has like a a sequel that has 
Well, that kind of, I think Steve's kind of plays in the Halloweens because no, of the... I was going to say the Night Saw came home again. Okay, nice. Okay. That was the tagline that started the whole, let's rewrite the tag, or let's read the taglines. Yeah, the night he came home. Oh, again. again. <laughs> Jigsaw saws again. Okay. I've never really put together the fact that they call him Jigsaw and the movie is called Saw, but they're talking about a saw in the original movie because that's the whole point of the movie is he wants you to cut off your foot with a fucking saw. But then his name is Jigsaw, like a jigsaw piece that he cuts out of his victims when they're dead, but he doesn't use a saw to do that. I wonder if they were doing that intentionally or if they were just like, huh, happy happy coincidence. <laughs> Look at that. Look what we did. Yeah, we did that on purpose. Mm. Yep. <laughs> yeah. No, I feel like it was probably intentional because of the name Jigsaw plus the use of a saw in the first one. Um, which trap do you think you would survive? Okay, so we're not doing we're not doing dream sequels because it's our franchise film. So, which trap do you you think you would survive? So let's lay them out. We got the one in the opening, Death Mask. Mm -hmm. We have Obi's Fire Chamber one. We have the syringe pit, and we have her sticking her hand up in the. We also have Detective Matthews. That's true. Detective, yeah, talking to Jigsaw for two hours. So I think realistically, if you're Eric Matthews from Boy Meets World, you are, or if I was him, I'm obviously, if I don't have the same detriment as him, right? Like I'm, I'm me in this situation. I'm not going to argue and yell at this guy. I'm going to be like, what's the rule? Oh, sit here and talk to you? Okay, let's talk. Do yeah. you think? Yeah. I would let him talk because you know what? No offense to anything. This dude is kind of interesting, right? Like he has... What's the word I'm looking for? Uh, an ability to make crazy shit. So let's talk. If that's the name of the game. The second one is the. No, uh, you get one. You get one. You can survive. You get one. You get one. <laughs> well, then I'm going to choose the, the, the fire because I'm going to go in there and take the one and go, you guys get the other one. It's right there. Just grab it. I open it. It's fine. Do it. And if that guy's going to threaten me, I'll be like, well, then here, here's yours and whatever. I think I could survive the McDonald's cup lid because I wouldn't put both my hands in there. Even though you it's like so clearly. Are you, are you, yeah, are you affected by the toxins so you're not thinking straight like her or are you just going in there like you are now and going, all right, one hand goes in. Uh, obviously, that's not coming out unless I press things underneath of it with my other hand. I like No matter how affected by the nerve toxin I am, I don't think I'm just going to walk into a jigsaw trap blindly the way she did because hmm. she just True. like barreled her way in there so... also you're going in with the idea that you know of jigsaw these people do not also true but they'd already learned that you needed to follow the rules and that their okay. traps were pretty sadistic so i would like to say that i could do the one just sitting there and talking to him for two hours but you do have to also put into like you have to recognize that somebody that you love is being held hostage somewhere and this person is giving you very like lame conversation and being very um, evasive of any discussion of that. And you have so, no reason to trust that at the end of the two hours exactly. it's going to be what you say. Yeah, and I would I would get very frustrated with that and I don't know if I could make it for two hours doing that. So that's a tough <laughs> one. Shit, dude. I think it's got to be that one. That's the only one I think I could survive because the other ones, I'm screwed. I don't think I can do any of those other ones. I can't survive the syringe pit. 
I would put both of my hands in there because there are two things here, and I would just think, okay, I guess both hands go in there. <laughs> um, and I can't cut my eye open to get a key. I'm just like, fuck it, kill me. I'm not going to go through that. Uh, yeah. Okay. Uh, I either have to do that or I'm not going to make it. Okay. All right. Now it's time for reviews. All right. So you pulled an internet review. Yes. Um, this is a one out of 10 user review on IMDb. This is absolutely one of the worst movies I've ever seen in my life. I liked the first one, but I mean, they really messed it up bad with this piece of garbage. I know there's a third one coming out this year, and I hope to God it's not bad as, as bad or worse. The worst part of Saw 2 was the end. Sequels usually suck. This one especially did. It lives up. Nothing to the original. It's just plain stupid. I expected better, but I got a huge disappointment. Shawnee Smith was a lot better in the first one. The killer is a geek. and the killing scenes suck (laughs) yes they're bloody gory but what a horror movie isn't this movie is a big rip off (laughs) i like my killers to be cool i no no fucking nerds no geeks i do kind of like that as a review because like if you you know some people like the the big brawny slasher types like jason Voorhees, and you know but then you've also got your you're John Doe's and John Kramer's of the world that are just geeks. <laughs> you know, it's funny. I've never seen a movie in which the bad guy is just a nerd out for revenge murdering, like, dudes. Um, law-abiding citizen. Really? Mm, not really. Yeah, really. But he's not, like, a nerd. Like He is hey, a I, nerd. I'm like, <laughs> like did you guys know Y equals MX plus B? Like, I want that shit. I mean, maybe not like a horror movie, but like uh, Jesse Eisenberg's Lex Luthor. Shit, I was actually just thinking about uh, Spider-Man, The Amazing Spider-Man 2 with uh, Jamie Foxx turning into Electro. Like before that, that was like the biggest nerd they ever put on screen. But then again, it's still Jamie Foxx. Like you're like looking at that shit right, right there. Like, right. come on. <laughs> Jamie Foxx ain't no nerd. I got inter- or listener reviews. Okay. So I got two reviews, one on Instagram and one on Twitter. So I'm going to start off with the Twitter. It's Boobs, and he says, This is the first one I saw in theaters. We watched the first a couple weeks before this came out, and we're pumped. The first was dope, and this one didn't disappoint. This one was tense and had a hell of a twist ending again. Oof, the scene where Amanda gets tossed in the needles. I think that's everybody's most memorable scene in this yeah. movie. Yeah, I mean, I, I remember watching the trailer, and that was like, the trailer was her in that pit. Was it? Yeah. I mean, that's a good way to sell the movie right there. I would watch that shit. Uh, okay. And the final review is Michael E. Howard. He says, uh, sequels can be tricky. Not all live up to the expectations of the original. Saw 2 is the exception. From the moment the first trap starts, you are drawn back into the world of John Kramer. This is the first in the series that starts to draw out the story and lore of Jigsaw. Right from the start with the death mask trap. See, death mask. The film moves at an even pace. The multiple twists make a second watch worth it. The needle trap sends shivers down my spine. The original is definitely my number one, but only slightly more than Saw 2. 9.5. All right. Yeah. Thank you for calling it Death Mask and backing me up on that. And um, also, yeah, the fucking needle trap. I do think that this is probably, if you're thinking, like, if you're being objective, I would say this might be the second best in the series. But there are some that get close to it at least i'm gonna have to go back and watch them again because again i remember talking about this and thinking this being yeah up there as well 
but after watching it, I'm like, uh, I don't know. Um, there's a couple traps that I'm like, yo, these are tight from other, you know, movies, but I'm not quite sure that the whole movie is as good as the trap. I just remember one of the endings where the, uh, I think it's the main guy who's, who's like the cop. Well, no, he's, he, everybody thinks he's Jigsaw, the one cop, but it turns out to be the other guy and he gets put into that glass. Yeah. At the end or whatever. And then it like slowly, uh, not collapses, but like squeezes him together and he's got his arms up against it and his fucking forearms Mm. just like break apart. I was like, Ooh, that one, that's that's five. five. Yeah. Okay. Okay. That's a good one too. Um, it's got Luke from Gilmore Girls and Darla from Buffy. Yeah. Oh, all right. Ready? All right. So that wraps up our coverage of Saul 2. Okay. Uh, next week, we're going to be talking about Happy Death Day. Yeah. Uh, that's not currently streaming anywhere, but you can rent it for $4 from YouTube, Google Play, Redbox, Vudu, or Prime. And it's definitely worth the $4 rental fee. So go ahead and check that out before we discuss it. Steve, do you want to tell people where they can find you? Sure, yeah, you can find my podcast, The Decision Reel, at The Decision Reel, wherever you get your podcast. We're on any type of social media, at The Decision Reel, YouTube. Uh, we have our own videos we put up. We actually were a video podcast as well. Um, but if you don't want to watch us, you can obviously listen to us wherever you get your podcast. Uh, like I said, the social media is Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Sorry, X, because, you know, Elon. Mm-hmm. No, Elon. Twitter, Twitter. Uh, Twitter, you're right. <laughs> uh, where else are we on? We're on TikTok. We're on wherever we're thinking about making a patreon here soon just to be like everybody else uh find us on our website www.thedecisionreal.com follow us like us do your thing uh, again guys thanks for having me on it's always a pleasure to be on this podcast i always love coming on here and discussing movies with you scary movies because i love scary movies <laughs> you guys do a good job of it yeah thanks so we thanks, love having Steve. you on here that's why you've been on here more than anybody else <laughs> Um, and also, yeah, check his show out. We have done a couple of episodes with him too. So, um, you know, if you want that, but he also carry, uh, covers non-scary movies. Mm-hmm. So, you know, definitely check those out too. Um, you can find us on social media. We've got Facebook, our Instagram and threads is least favorite scary movie podcast. Our Twitter and blue ski is least fave pod. You can find us on our website, which is leastfavoritescarymovie.com, and you can email us at leastfavoritescarymovie at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. If you want to show support for the show, an easy and free way to do it that makes a big difference is just to rate, review, and subscribe. It tells the algorithm that you like what we're doing, and it lets other people who listen to horror movie podcasts know that they might like us as well. Yeah. Um, if you want to go the extra mile in your support, you can join the Patreon, like Eric and Phoebe of Shaken Not Scared, mm-hmm. Joe. Freakatron. As is his name. Amber and Amber Michael. And Michael. <laughs> Yeah, in the meantime, check us out in all those places. Go check out The Decision Reel, and we'll be back next week with Happy Death Day. Yeah, thanks for uh, joining us, everybody. We'll see you guys next time. See you next week. Bye. Bye. Deuces. Yeah, it did. <laughs> yeah. Did you smell it? Yeah, it <laughs> smells like chicken over here. <laughs> okay, go. We're recording. Okay. Okay. Uh